Excuse me, Mr. Regal. After all that's transpired tonight, I just wanted to get your thoughts on NXT TakeOver in your house. It's, um, it's been seven years since I became the GM of NXT and I've never seen so much bedlam. It's complete madness. I think it's time for a change. Well, enough is enough, and it's time for a change! Come and take your best shot! Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is NXT TakeOver In Your House Review. We are your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Owen Hart, shout out! I I was not expecting that. You threw a curveball at me just now, Boris. That was good stuff. I know. I had to, because as William Regal said, it's time for a change. What a interesting way to end an interesting pay-per-view. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of questions. I think we'll get into some of the big picture questions maybe at the end. I have one or two things I want to ask you about. We can just, let's just get into the meat and potatoes of this show. An interesting show. Very entertaining show. Much like takeovers, they have a reputation, Boris, and this one, it uh, it didn't disappoint. In the ring, five matches, five above average wrestling matches. They're always going to be good shows, no matter what. Exactly. Um, I've seen some interesting chatter already on the web, on the internet, um, and, you know, I think we should just address some of it off the top, right? So, number one, we're going to get right into the meat and potatoes of this show. It is just a review for NXT TakeOver. If you want to hear about our lives, if you want to know all the fun stuff, all the sad stuff, all all the funny stuff, you can tune into our regular show, NXT Talk. Wednesday morning as we review NXT TV. This is just strictly the review show for In Your House. Yeah. Now, if you want to hear our pick contest, which also falls into sad stuff and funny stuff sometimes, especially my picks. Anyway, continue. Yep. So, some of the reactions that I've been reading on the net is that was underwhelming. That wasn't great. That's not a takeover. You know what the issue is? We have such high expectations for TakeOver that even though tonight had five solid matches because there wasn't that one standout like people are going to be talking about it in December type of match I think people are just judging this show so hard yeah we're a little spoiled you're right at the same time I can kind of see people's reactions because Boris just because did this show need to exist did anything that happened here other than the million million dollar title thing which i loved but other than like that did anything really advance a storyline particularly well like i don't know no we 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 saw zia lee got a big win million dollar title stuff happened other than that this show really didn't do much for the story of nxt so i can see that i can see i think the quote-unquote Bedlam, as William Regal mentioned, I think that's the big takeaway, right? Because we saw the women, all all four women that were a part of the uh, 
the the women's championship match were going at it literally as the main event was starting. And then throughout the show, you had those teases of all the competitors from the main event, you know, having their own arguments and their fights and, you know, being broken apart. So I think the Regal stuff and whatever we're going to go from there, I think that is the big takeaway in terms of big story stuff. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I can see why people were underwhelmed, though, because of what I just said, because of the lack of, like, a huge, obvious, like, you know what I mean? Big return yeah, or big, big shocking angle other than like the GM saying, oh, I think it's time for a change. Like that's not a huge angle as much as no, I love William Regal. Not. And it does raise questions. And like you said as well, didn't have that classic banger five star match. Yeah. Nothing but good wrestling matches on this show, though. And, and we'll tell you about them. Exactly. So we're going to start with the pre-show. Um, so Ted DiBiase arrives at the arena before we get a video package for the Million Dollar Championship ladder match between Cameron Grimes and L.A. Knight as we go to commercial. Uh, we come back from the break to earlier today where The Way nearly got into a brawl with Kyle in the parking lot before Regal runs out and gets between the two parties. So already, you know, we're starting to see all five competitors go at it. Um we get a video package for the NXT Women's Championship match between Raquel Gonzalez and Ember Moon before we see champion and challenger arriving to the arena earlier today. Uh, we see and get a Bronson Reed, an MSK interview uh, ahead of the winner-take-all six-man match. Um, and then we see a Legado del Fantasma interview slash rebuttal and... Um, you know, and then we ended the show with a video package for the NXT Championship Fatal Five Way match. Out of all of that, I think the best segment, and again, I'm gonna sing their praises like I always do, and that is Legado del Fantasma. Those guys can talk right now. They're just on such a hot streak. Is there anybody doing better character work right now in professional wrestling than Santos Escobar? Honestly, anyone. It's a very short list. This man is figuring it out. He's telling us who he is. It's great. It's great. It's great. Every week, it's great. Yeah, 100%. He, you know, he's honestly like just one of the best in-ring performers and overall characters right now. Like he's just top of the game right now. Um, you know, if he was just a little bit bigger, he wouldn't be in NXT. That's all I'm saying. You're completely right, Boris. You're completely right. Now it's time to talk about the main card. But Matthew, we have one small piece of business before we head and review and talk about the main card. And that What's is, that, buddy? That is our rating system because as the young guns, we change things up. I'm sure you've listened to us before. If you haven't, we every week we rate each match out of five something. We change it up every week. We have a, a theme du jour, so to speak. So I believe that, you know, because it is in your house... We had the iconic man himself. We're going to rate each match out of five Todd Pettingills. Five Todd Pettingills out of five for a soul patch percentage. A deadly soul patch on Todd Pettingill today. I'm for it. I'm wildly super pro. Let's do it, Boris. All right. So the main show, the pay-per-view, WWE, NXT, Takeover in your house kicks off with Naomi Fox, quote unquote, singing the intro song for the show. Todd Pettingill makes his entrance and welcomes the largest crowd in Capital Wrestling Center history. And I actually really liked the fact that we are done with the Thunderdome screens. 
Yeah, it added a little little touch, a little something to this show. Uh, although you'd think now that there were human people, it would be more of a crowd. It would be more of that feeling that we got from the first AEW pay-per-view double or nothing. You know what I mean? It didn't quite hit that level, Boris. It did not at all. And that's actually something I wanted to touch on. That is that, yes, there was a live crowd. This is a hot show. There's a hot brand. But yet you would think this was raw or something the crowd was just seemed so dead at times so i don't know it just didn't seem like not even a regular nxt full sale crowd yeah it was very cold extremely cold nxt god bless them i like i like nxt a lot we watch it every week i i'll stick with it till the bitter end but it's cold right now man it's very cold it is it's not hot no (laughs) you can't even argue it's hot you know Yep, so we'll see what happens. All right, so the first match of the night was the winner-take-all NXT North American Tag Team Championship match as your champions, MSK and the Colossal Bronson Reed, go up against Legado del Fantasma. Matt, what did you think of this match? I really liked it a lot. I thought it was... No wasted motion. Vic uh, Vic Joseph says that a lot, oftentimes inappropriately. This time, no wasted motion in this match. I believe it went 1340-ish, and like every single movement, every single camera shot mattered. I thought it was really good, really clever, and the right guys won, Boris. So yep. you know what? I thought this was I thought this was a, a very good wrestling match. And by the end of the show, looking back. I think it was pretty easily the best match on the show. I think it was my favorite and the best, I would say for sure, match on the show. Yeah, I think I think you're right. You know, thinking about this a little more, I think you're 100% right. And, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, gimmick matches, they're so overused in pro wrestling now. They're so overused. Every It seems like every other match on a TV show or pay-per-view is a gimmick match. But because this particular match, a winner-take-all with multiple belts, because it's so rarely used, I kind of felt like this one was a little more special, right? And also, when you consider that five out of the six guys are speedy MFers, you know, and then you had Bronson Reed, it's just like they had this really good collaboration between everyone and the overall story I loved because it was kind of like, you know, Legado del Fantasma just did not. Even Santos Escobar himself did not want to go in the ring against Bronson Reed. Like, those three put Bronson Reed so over, made him look like such a scary monster. They did a, such a great job telling that story in the ring, even with their actions, the, the you know, the, the quick tags. Like, it, it was fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely, and that's kind of what we were talking about. Like, Santos Escobar, not only is he a great promo and a great wrestler, but I feel like there's, like, a, another level you can ascend where you're projecting your wrestling character in the ring at all times perfectly and in a rewarding way, and that's what Santos is doing. He's, like, that cocky shithead heel. He's, like, the he the mafia boss, and he's throwing his, his uh, underlings into the slaughter for him, you know what I mean? But he's doing it in an entertaining way. Uh, yeah, Santos Escobar grows in front of our eyes every week. This was really another, uh, yet another great performance from him. And also, Raul Mendoza. I shout him out, too. He's been impressing me as well. It's it's hard to stand out as, like, a dude in a tag team. But Raul Mendoza, over the last couple of weeks, his performance has, like, gone up. He's gone up a level. I think it's noticeable. If you're, if you're, you start to pay attention, start to watch this Raul Mendoza, I'm telling you. Yep, I agree 100%. 
Um, did you like the uh, the freight train through the barricade spot? Yeah, so they did a couple of things on this show that they've been doing on NXT TV over the last couple of weeks, and it's like, eh, I get it. Not everyone's watching every single weekly TV, obviously. Like, the ratings are down uh, pretty alarmingly, I would say. But, yeah, it does hammer home how fake it is and how choreographed it is when you see the same spots happening two or three times in a row. You know what I mean? Like, it's a little, it can become a little much. It can become a little much. Yep, exactly. So Reed Freight Trains Escobar through the barricade and the chain link uh, MSK take Wild out with a double stomp combo to the floor. The Shiranui and the powerbomb to Mendoza. Bronson off the top um, with a 747 splash gets the, gets the pin for the win. So Bronson Reed and MSK win by pinfall and they retain the North yep. American and Tag Team Championships. Yeah. Reed pins Mendoza. I believe it was 1339 with the tsunami. I thought it was a really good match, man. I really, really did. Uh, again, the camera work slick commentary slick. Every single spot made sense. Fell, uh, fit into an overall story. I thought this was good work and the best thing on the show. All right. So with that said, Matt, how many Todd Pettingills would you give it? I'm going to go four and a quarter. Todd Pettengill's Boris. It's an A in Canada. 85% low-end match of the year contender. Like you said, we're probably not going to be talking about it in December. If you're a hardcore, it's in that 75 to 100 range, maybe. Maybe in December. But it was still a very good match. It was still a very good wrestling match. I really enjoyed it. The camera was good. The announcing was good. The work was good. That's the three pillars, Boris, that we talk about every, every week on this podcast. Exactly. All right, so after that, we get footage of Kyle O'Reilly being interviewed in the parking lot earlier today when Johnny Gargano and The Way roll up to heckle him. They start shoving each other. Security swarms. William Regal arrives to restore order. This leads us into match number two of the evening, which was Mercedes Martinez versus Zaya Lee. So this match had an overall quick setup. You know, it was taken back to four years ago, at the May Young Classic when Mercedes Martinez beat Zia Lee, but Zia Lee has had her transformation with Tian Shah and Boa, and now, you know, it, this is the new, improved, deadlier Zia Lee, and she wants revenge against Mercedes Martinez. Matt, what did you think of this match? I actually really liked it. I thought it put both characters over strongly. It was a fight. Both felt mean and strong, and, you know, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. I've actually seen like, for example, and shout out to the to the figure four uh, online wrestling observer website. You know, Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez. Great, a great uh, follow. And you know what I mean? Uh, Parker Kiln is the writer of this one. I believe I'm pronouncing their name correctly, but he, they called it the least spectacular match in takeover history, Boris. I'm reading this. This was maybe the least spectacular match in TakeOver history. I'm just shocked at some of the negative things I'm seeing about the show. This was a perfectly fine eight-minute match between two strong young wrestlers. Well, one strong young wrestler and one strong young veteran wrestler. And the veteran put the young one over, and this was fine. This was a really good match. I'm surprised at the negativity of the show. 
This is what I mean. This is what I've been seeing, right? Like, so, but it's interesting because, like, this is exactly what you want in wrestling. You had Mercedes Martinez, a well-established, tough chick veteran, putting over Zia Lee, new attitude, you know, someone that obviously WWE has some faith in and wants to do something with her down the road. So, you know, Zia Lee is going to get the big win over the big veteran. Like, that is what wrestling is all about and it was perfectly acceptable match like it was fine there wasn't anything stupid maybe stuff after the match but the match itself was fine the stuff after the match you can you can talk me into it being stupid but you know what i think it works for this particular story that they're telling but that's fair but the match itself was fine very very good i thought like the actual in-ring work if you're basing it against every women's match that has ever happened, every wrestling match that you've ever seen dating back to like whenever, whenever you started watching wrestling. You know what I mean? This was not Jackie Gata and Charlie Haas versus JBL and Trish Stratus, Boris. This was a very good wrestling match between two professionals. This was exciting and great. I'm, I was surprised at some of the people hating on this wrestling match. Surprised, shocked. I, I told you, like, the, the reactions are really interesting about this show overall. Um, so, again, very respectable match. Um, you know, they did a great job of putting Zia Lee over. Mercedes Martinez got enough offense within the match to, you know, not, quote-unquote, bury her. But overall, you know, I thought it was a very respectable match. Zia Lee wins by pinfall with a 540 roundhouse kick. Yeah, the uh, it's similar to a Trouble in Paradise, like a cyclone kick, as it's called, a, a kind of like a, a 360 roundhouse. Xylee uh, wins cleanish, seven minutes, 40 seconds. I liked it a lot. Three and a half Todd Pettengills, 70%. Good wrestling match. It was a B in my book. I really liked it. Yep, exactly. So, post-match, Xylee tries to attack Martinez with a chair, but Mercedes cuts her off and wallops Boa with it. Just straight on the head. It was a nasty-looking shot. Uh, Mercedes Martinez then attacks the Ali with it as well, but the lights flicker, and Mei Ying appears on the stage. Uh, she goozles Mar Mercedes Martinez. Um, Mercedes Martinez runs away, tries to wallop her with the chair, but gets re-goozled and thrown off the stage and into a cage wall. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> that was fine. So I understand if you're like, oh, oh so Xylee uh, wins and then gets the crap beaten out of her. Nobody gets put over. But I disagree with that. I think I think Zylee gets put over and it seems like Mercedes Martinez sneak attacked her because she was kind of being a sore loser and then she got her comeuppance. Now, yep. if you want to even say that's dumb because who's the face, who's the heel, whatever. Now, you're probably right about that. But no, I, I thought this was fine. I kind of like this whole storytelling element. And I'm excited for Karen Q versus Mercedes Martinez. Yep, exactly. Um, assuming that that's the direction that they're going. And surely after, you know, everything that happened at the end of the match, that seems to be where they want to go. All right. So... Um, Timothy Thatcher, Tommaso Ciampa cut a promo in front of a garage door where they talk about how they're going to break some limbs in 48 hours. Because remember, they will be facing the grizzled young veterans on NXT TV on Tuesday. Yes, yes. So, I don't know. This promo is becoming a little repetitive, but it was all right. It was fine. Yep. Remind us that it's coming on TV. Exactly. 
This leads us into match number three of the night, which was the million dollar championship championship ladder match where we saw Cameron Grimes go up against L.A. Knight. All right. So ladder matches. So gimmick matches. Matt, what do you got to say? Yeah, I was just going to say. We've seen every possible iteration of this. We've seen every version of this. We've seen every spot fest. We've seen stuff more violent than anyone on WWE TV is going to be willing to do. Like we've seen everything in wrestling. It's very tough. I thought this was good, man. I thought this was a unique match. It was different. It wasn't the Darby Allen like suicide stunt fest, but it was uh, it was chaotic. It was exciting. It was rewarding. I thought this was a good wrestling match i'm again i'm surprised at people who said this match has sucked this is the worst ladder match i've ever seen i've i saw a lot of that online now i'm just i'm flabbergasted at the reaction to this show i just thought it was so much better than other people i guess i don't know same here man honestly like you're not going to get a stunt fest every time. And I believe that this is the issue with these types of gimmick matches. Like people are expecting, you know, Jeff Hardy, uh, Edge, TLC matches every time now, right? They're expecting just Darby Allen against anyone type of match, you know? Like people are just have this expectation that they're going to essentially end their career after this match. And that's just not the case, right? Like this was a good, respectable, well-paced well fought ladder match like i think it was just fine with some dangerous spots some dangerous stunts that very would like dangerous you know what i mean stuff very dangerous stuff exactly you know like the Sorry. when you know like la night being flipped onto the ladder you know after a um a a toss outside of the ring you know that's can easily break your back the the suplexes the you know on the ladder on the edge of the ladder the neck breaker on the edge of the ladder like there was a lot of stuff that like could easily murder you yeah absolutely that's the thing us as wrestling fans i think well there is so much out there literally wrestling every day of the week for the rest of our lives so like yeah there's too much out there, but I, I do think we fall victim to like forgetting how crazy it is, how hard it is. And w- when a stunt show like this happens, like it's easy to say, oh, like this wasn't as impressive as TLC too. You know what I mean? But this was still an incredible wrestling match by two ballsy, crazy, breakneck daredevil performers. Like this was an incredible feat that these guys did. In my opinion, this was LA Knight's. Oh, okay. So this was my favorite LA Knight match in WWE to date. Um, I probably, if I looked at like the ratings or whatever, I bet that the six man, uh, gauntlet eliminator was probably, I would rate it higher than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, man, it's right there. This was his best performance. This was his best performance in a match for sure. Yep. Um, so, uh, Cameron was uh, at top of the ladder uh, L.A. Knight knocks it over, but he jumps to some scaffolding. Uh, there was a major splash off the scaffolding. That, again, just looked crazy. Back inside, Grimes knocks Knight to the floor again, climbs the ladder, but L.A. Knight knocks him over and into the ladder contraption that was built earlier in the match. Knight climbs, and L.A. Knight wins by climbing the ladder and retrieving the title to become the new Million Dollar Champion. Post-match, the Million Dollar Man himself personally presents Knight with the title, and L.A. Knight celebrates with the Million 
dollar belt. Really liked it. Liked it a lot. I like the chemistry between these two performers. It felt like these guys were fighting the entire time. At no point did it feel like let's do some stunts that we practiced six times in the back. This felt like an actual fight with some weird rules. You know what I mean? I actually really, really enjoyed this match. I thought it was great. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go as high as four. I'm gonna go as high as four. Todd Pettengills out of five. Eighty percent A minus. If you wanted to be a dick about it, but it's an A in Canada. Boris. A nonetheless. A. But uh, yeah, no, I really like the match. Like you know, and we'll see where this goes, right? Like I thought that it was a interesting end. Like you know, it's interesting to me that Cameron Grimes didn't end up with the belt. But you know. I feel like the million-dollar belt should be with the heel regardless. Yeah, you're completely right. It fits L.A. Knight more. He needs the uh, juice, I think, more. But, you know, I, it would have been nice to see it on Cameron Grimes just because all of these segments were built around Cameron Grimes. Exactly. So I felt like that was kind of like, you know, I felt like that was going to be the where they actually went with it in the end. But, yeah, you know, here we are. L.A. Knight definitely needs the gas more. He needs the assist of the million-dollar belt more than Cameron Grimes needs that assist. Yep, and we'll see where this goes, right? Like, Cameron Grimes could end up with it at the next takeover for all we know. We don't know, but that was that. For all sure. right, so af after the match, Todd Pettingill shills merch, but Hit Row rolls up to interrupt and take things over. We get a quick Hit Row promo. Dude, I love Hit Row. Yeah, man. Yeah, they're really good. They need more of a push. I'm ready for it. They're ready for it. Everybody is ready for it. Let's do it. Yep. We cut backstage where Karrion Cross and Pete Dunner are currently having a pull-apart brawl. So Pandemonium 2021 is still going on. Um, you know, I really like that. That was kind of cool. And this leads us into the NXT Women's Championship match as your challenger, Ember Moon, uh, faced your champion, Raquel Gonzalez. So, yes. going into this match, it was one of those matches where 99.9999999999% you know, we knew who was going to win. Overall, I still enjoyed this match. Yeah, like not every time like you know, it, it does hurt for a match for like the result to never be in question for one second in the entirety of the match. It does kind of hurt, but not every match is going to be, you know, Hogan versus warrior WrestleMania six. Yeah. You're going to have some blowouts. You're going to have some situations where on paper it's clear who should win. And then they do it's wrestling. It's fake. That's fine. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez performed really well here. Raquel especially. Ember Moon is a talent. She's a veteran. You know Ember Moon's going to show up, and she did. No uh, salt on Ember Moon at all. But Raquel really impressed me. Not only was she busting out new offense, but her selling, just just her, her mannerisms in the ring. She's projecting her, a star presence while also being able to show vulnerability, which is something that a lot of big monsters don't have. Sid didn't have it. Diesel didn't have it. Raquel Gonzalez has it. it this, she's an incredible talent already, man. She's a special wrestler. This yep. was a really good match. Yeah, and it's crazy to think this, you know, just, what, 14 months ago, she was the greenest green, green, green. Like, you know, you saw some potential because of her size and how different she is from other women. But, like, oh, you know, since War Games, 
she has just been incredible. And again, one of the most protected performers on the roster. Um, but there was an interesting part in this match. Um, so Raquel gets a big, a big boot on Moon near fall. Um, this was reversed into a stun dog millionaire. Uh, we get a code breaker from the top rope. Moon uh, back up to capitalize, and she does an eclipse. Dakota Kai puts Raquel's foot on the ropes at two. I was actually very yeah. shocked about this. Same, man. So I was I was so surprised. And you know what? I kind of like it having thought about it because Dakota needs some juice in this team. She needs like a reason to be in this team. And if she's going to be the brains of the operation and if she's going to save uh, Raquel's ass from time to time, I'm okay with it. But I was shocked to see it for this first time because Raquel has been treated so strongly and Ember Moon is rightfully the NXT champion right now. Like, that was a visual pinfall. That was one, two, and cheating kept her away from the title. So, shocking. Kind of shocking. Kind of surprising. Yeah, 100%. Like, I'm very shocked, and I'm very shocked. And, sorry, and I'm I'm intrigued on where this is going to go because after the Kai put Raquel's foot on the rope, Shotzi Blackheart made makes her return and she plays equalizer she chases the kodakai up onto the stage as she's beating her up um but then now this leaves moon and raquel gonzalez alone moon hits a tornado ddt onto the ramp another eclipse blocked raquel scoops her up um and does her one armed power bomb gets the pin and retains the nxt women's championship what's interesting is that they actually very finally, good? They actually finally named this move the one armed power bomb. It is called the Chingona power bomb. Chingona in Spanish means badass woman. Sorry, can you repeat that? That's amazing. I want to hear that again. Chingona power bomb. The Chingona power bomb. There you yep. go. So Raquel Gonzalez bests. Yep. Badass woman powerbomb. Yeah. This is a very good match, man, with the badass woman powerbomb. <laughs> All right. I, uh, yeah, I personally would not have had Dakota put Raquel's foot on the ropes. I think if Raquel Gonzalez puts her own foot on the ropes out of her own volition, out of her own strength, and she's the first person in NXT to kick out of the Eclipse, I think that's a better story. I think that's that puts her over stronger. I don't think Ember Moon needs it. I think the Eclipse is still a crazy, huge, mega death kill wrestling move if you do it the other way. You know what I mean? I don't think she needed Dakota to cheat. I didn't like that. I I, I think it was worth more. I think you should have saved. Uh, you don't save. Don't save Ember Moon's move. Put all your eggs in the Raquel basket. Do you know yeah. what I mean? There's no there's no point in, in so saving he, Ember's move. Here's the one thing that I can see coming out of this. Now Dakota Kai has a say saying a case by saying, look, if it wasn't for me, Ember Moon would be champ. You need me. You know? And again, furthering the seeds of the dissension. Like we don't know when they're gonna break up. We know they're yeah. eventually gonna break up. We know they're eventually gonna be Michaels and Diesel, right? But now Dakota Kai, you know, she can say, if it wasn't for me, you need me. I'm champ because, or you're champ because of me. 
Hundred percent right. That's a great call. You're yeah, you're hundred percent right about that. I agree. Yep. So we'll see where this goes. Um, so backstage, Todd Pettengill is playing karate fighters with Dexter Loomis. He makes the mistake of asking how the women are treating him these days. Loomis crushes one of the toys before walking away. That was kind of funny. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Sorry, if we didn't put a number on the previous match, I would call it three and three quarters, 75% B-plus in Canada. And you know what else was B-plus in Canada? This promo, Boris, I like me some Todd Pittengill. I hope he comes back once a year. <laughs> That's all we can take of <laughs> once a year. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to see him anymore. But you know what? Once a year? Yeah, yeah let's do it. <laughs> yep. But... I love how he was playing like he's this guy stuck in the 90s, right? Like, it was so funny. And it, it was just so similar to, you know, that that whatever promo with Poppy and Triple H from last week's TV. Oh, my God. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. It was it was a little bit in the same realm, for sure. Just as painful. I, I'm, I'm rocking the... Uh, the Green Ranger Tommy uh, haircut right now with the, the ponytail and a desperate need for a haircut. I got the whole... Uh, the whole 90s look going on due to the pandemic, Boris. So I, I feel Todd Pettengill. I, too, am locked in a time long, long ago. <laughs> Love it. Uh, we get a hype reel for the Great American Bash happening on Tuesday, July the 6th. I'm really excited for that. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do war games. Blood and guts. You don't have the guts. <laughs> All right, we see Johnny Gargano walking backstage on his way to his entrance when he passes Dakota Kai, Shotzi Blackheart, Raquel Gonzalez, and all the women essentially fighting with security swar swarming with Regal to try to separate them. And this directly leads us into the main event of the night, which was a fatal five-way match. First pin wins Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano versus Karrion Cross, your champion, versus Kyle O'Reilly versus Pete Dunne. Boris, this might be the hardest match to rate of our entire podcast. Yeah, we started this podcast around Halloween Havoc NXT. We've done every single second of NXT and most of NXT UK since October of 2020. I think this is the single hardest match to rate. How come? Why do you say that? Because action-wise, incredible. Insane spot fest. Really, really great match. A, a great action. Really crisp. Everything made sense. Everything was good. Story-wise, why did this exist? This kind of made no sense. You kind of just buried four of the greatest NXT wrestlers that you had to put this spooky guy over who was Killer Cross and TNA. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I kind of, like, I can see a lot of positives and i can see a lot of negatives and i don't know 26 minutes of great action but like bereft of any real logic or story if you could argue you could the argue the that. logic is simple carrying cross just wants to beat everyone up so he called everyone out that was that was it does it make sense yeah that's questionable but that's that's the story that they told right like everyone was pissing him off so he wanted to beat everyone up at once Okay, that's fine. You're right. But like, I don't know. Is that is that a good story? Is that the story that you want to present to people? Here's, like, here's a question. Cool. If this was anybody yeah. else, someone a little more, um, someone with a little more character, someone who we can relate to a little more, someone who we like a little more, I think we wouldn't be complaining. And I think that we would have been fine with the champion calling everyone out type of story. 
you know you know what sucks about professional wrestling, Boris, is I feel like <laughs> if there was ever a character who we liked that much, he wouldn't get this much of a push because <laughs> he wouldn't true. need it. Do you do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the reason they push people this strongly, like the Roman Reigns, the John Cena's, and now the Karrion Crosses, the reason why they're pushed so strongly is because they need to be pushed that strongly. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Daniel Bryan, CM Punk, they got there without the Goldberg push. Yeah. You know, like I I don't know. I I I think you're completely right. I, if yeah, if this was if this was Kyle O'Reilly getting this push, we wouldn't complain as much. For sure. For sure we wouldn't. For sure. You're so you're completely right. Yes. Yeah, but like I I I know exactly what you mean. Like at the core of it, it just it just doesn't make sense, right? Like and now what? You know? What what now what? Yeah. <laughs> like he literally just beat That's my team. whole problem. Yeah. That's my whole problem. You beat your entire main event. Like, mm-hmm. I love NXT, and NXT, the, the biggest problem with NXT is, like, if you watch the OHL, Boris, and you watch Conor McDavid when he's 15 and he's lighting the league up, he goes up to the NHL, and he's the greatest player in hockey. And if you watch Luka Doncic when he's a 19-year-old in the Eurobasket, he goes up to the NBA, and he's the greatest player in the NBA. And if you if you watch LeBron James in high school... And he goes up to the NBA. He's the greatest player in the NBA. And then you watch the Johnny Garganos and the Adam Coles, and they don't even get a chance in the big leagues. So it's just pointless to watch this. And if we're just going to watch all of our favorites get crushed by the guy who they decided is Goldberg, doesn't this whole thing, isn't it all rendered pointless? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So it's like really good match, but also... Fuck, why are we watching this at all? <laughs> so it kind of sucked, like, a lot. I don't know. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. I, you know, and at the end of the day, it, the big question is, what's next? Who's next? <laughs> you know, Goldberg reference. Just, you know, circling around. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. <laughs> no, but, like, yeah, I don't know, man. But, okay, let's talk about this 26-minute match. It was well done. It was a fun match. I think everyone had their moments at one point everyone had their opportunity and kind of made you think that they could win the match um and everyone you know the story was simple get Karen cross out and we'll beat each other up Exactly. And, and you know what? That was very entertaining. And I like that for a long time, Karrion Cross stood atop the mountain. And anytime anyone dared get in the ring, they got thrown the fuck out of it. And it took a it took a gargantuan effort to get him out of the ring. And then the match kind of started in a way, but not really, obviously. But yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, I like that. Again, the action of this match, the in-ring action, very, very good. Yep, exactly. Um, so the ending... I actually really like the ending. I think it was a perfectly acceptable way to end this match, um, you know, with five people. It's like, five people is just so much. Like, how are they going to end this match? And I think that they put, ended this match in a really good way. So, Kyle O'Reilly rolls into a heel hook on Adam Cole. Um, Cole's desperately trying to break it. Kyle drags him into the middle of the ring, and there's no escape. Cross adds a sleeper onto Kyle O'Reilly, as he's doing the heel hook on Adam Cole, um, and the referee is on top of the situation as Cole rolls out, um, and then Karen Cross continues on his sleeper, and he wins by referee stoppage with a sleeper hold on Kyle O'Reilly to retain the NXT Championship belt. 
I agree with you on the finish. I thought that was a really good finish, especially because the uh, press conference that they did uh, touched on, like Karrion Cross specifically said, well, my big, uh, you know, concern, I believe the way he put it was, was that O'Reilly is going to tap out Adam Cole. And then Adam Cole did a big like reaction. It was a gif out there. It was a meme briefly uh, if you saw it. But yeah, yeah, I like that they played into that. They played into that little little piece and then Karrion Cross actually just beat uh, Kyle O'Reilly. And I really do think we've been saying this for a long time. Kyle O'Reilly needs to be the one who eventually beats Karrion Cross. So I think that seed is officially planted and that will be what happens. So I like that part. I liked it. You know, I personally like the storytelling. Now, if you wanted to tell me that this was an abomination and a disaster for all of the reasons that we said previously, I will entertain that argument. I yep. can hear it. I understand. Yeah. If we're looking at this match just from tonight's point of view, it was fantastic. If you consider this match from a wrestling, long-term storytelling point of view, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> like yeah. what's going on in NXT? Exactly. It's just so funny because I saw like four out of five matches I felt like got shat on and I liked four out of the five. And then the one match that I saw got a lot of praise was the one that I kind of didn't like. And that was this one. But like the in-ring action again was was probably the best. But like we look at everything with the story and the whatever and the who and the ha and the hey and the hey. And ugh, <laughs> like, I don't know, this one didn't it didn't really hit it for me. So, yeah, yeah. this was this again, the hardest match to rate in the history of our podcast and i'm going to say a number and i might even want it back tomorrow but you know what we're gonna we're gonna i'm gonna attach my name to it we're gonna stick with it more all right and what's this number it's gonna be four todd pettengills out of five it's an a minus unfortunately I, I, I there are nits to pick and i believe we already picked them i don't want to relitigate it the the work was incredible and maybe i'm just so far up my own ass with this and i it's it's, it's possible that i'm a bad wrestling fan etc but like yeah i think there are nits to be picked with this one and i think we did a good job about it let's call it an a minus you can't hate on the action but you can hate on the storyline and then what the fuck they've done with nxt over the past five years Yep, exactly. And this leads us to Scarlet and Cross posing with the title. And as you heard at the top of the show, William Regal is interviewed as he walks to the parking lot. He says it's been seven years since he became the general manager of NXT, and he's never seen so much bedlam. He says he thinks it's time for a change as he walks off. All right, Boris. Big picture questions. Are they putting in a big name to boost ratings? If so, is that name Shawn Michaels or Triple H, or is there a bigger name out there? Man, that's a fantastic question. So I do think that this is for an on-screen um, storyline. I think this will lead to a big name either coming back or being promoted, and they will be the the face of NXT for the next little bit. Um, unfortunately, yeah. you know, I think they just want that ratings boost. And as awesome as uh, Regal's been, because he's been kind of like you know the in the shadows GM, and I like that. You know, you don't need an authority figure who's constantly in it. You don't need someone to be setting up matches every week because he's in a feud with someone. The way that Regal does it is fine. It's fantastic. I actually really I really enjoy the way that he's been the GM. But 
if we're looking at the business side of stuff, if we're looking at the creative side of stuff, you know, NXT needs that bump. They're hovering around 650, 700 K a week. They probably want more. And the only way they're going to do that is if they get more recognizable faces on their TV. So what better uh, role to put this person in? And that is the GM. Yeah, that's a great call. I agree with you. I think I wonder if it's just is it going to be Samoa Joe? Is it just going to be Triple H taking over this position? Like we said, maybe Shawn Michaels. I wonder I wonder where they're going to go with this. I think it would be maybe a fun exercise if we could each draw up like five or ten like realistic, somewhat realistic or just like totally out of the blue names. And we'll do that on the podcast Tuesday, maybe or something. But like, yeah, this could go a number of ways. It's very clear that Regal is going to step down, I think, after this this little angle and, and you fair power to him. Like he doesn't, he doesn't need to be on TV every week as much as I love what he's done and what he's contributed. I like to see him every time, every week, but if he wants to go and move back to England and stop being on camera, God, he's given so much of this wrestling business for us. Like I more power to him, like all the best. God bless you. William Regal. I am very excited by this NXT needs a shot in the arm and this could be this could be something. This could be something for them. Yep. Exactly. We'll see, man. Like I'm so interested to kind of see what's going to happen with the overall NXT product like just from the from the GM point of view. And then we, you know, let's take a look at the carrying cross situation. He's literally just you know, run Ruksha on the entire main event scene, but there's one person who was obviously left out, and that's Finn Balor. Are we going to get Balor Cross 3? I hope not, but, you know, we haven't seen Balor since Stand and Deliver. He's literally taken everyone out, so is this a way to get Balor in? Are we going to listen to the rumors that Samoa Joe is at the performance center and possibly coming back with a new contract. Like there's just so much, so many possibilities. What do you think is going to happen? See, this is a rough one. I think long-term O'Reilly takes the belt from carrying cross, but I don't know how they possibly get there because like he just killed everyone and you, you can, you can build Kyle up through various things, but what is cross going to do for the next few months? Like, I have no idea who they're going to stick in front of Cross. Maybe they can throw someone from NXT UK his way. Could they? I, I don't think they would ever do like Cross versus Walter, but could they grab like a Dragunov or like a type, someone like that to come yeah. over? You know what I mean? Maybe it will be just Pete Dunne. Someone like someone like Pete Dunne will just get two or three months to just feud with him and lose to him over and over and over. And that'll be cool, I guess, you know, but I don't know. I have no idea where he goes. I do think long-term Kyle takes it, but we're talking like minimum Survivor Series, and I'm betting probably WrestleMania takeover. Dude, he's going to be in the main roster in August. I don't know why you're thinking Cross isn't going to the main roster in August. August? Because of the draft? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe. I can see it, I guess. He doesn't even need to lose the belt. Remember, like they can keep him strong, quote-unquote strong, but... You think that they would want him to drop the belt, but he can just go up and, you know, we do a tournament or something uh, to get the true. new champ. 100% true. That's I, I don't see why in God's name you would just bury everyone left in NXT like that. Like, he can lose one match. It's fucking fake. Like, he can lose one. It's okay. But yep. you're right. That, that could be the way they do it. For sure, that could be. He's still undefeated. He's still undefeated in NXT. Yep, exactly. And then 
you know, the women's championship story. You know, we'll see what happens with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. There's a lot going on, right? And then the tag team division, Grizzled Young Veterans, Champa, Thatcher, that's happening on Tuesday. Really excited for that. So, you know, again, I know we kind of crap on the overall, um, you know, state of NXT, but there is good stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah, there are. There are good things going on for sure. I like NXT, man. Like I said, I've said it on this podcast. I'll be in till the bitter end. I've, yep. I've loved it since the day it started, even like the Daniel Bryan days in 2010, when it was like a weird fever dream shit show of wrestling. Like, I still <laughs> loved it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm all in on the NXT brand. I'm here till the till the Pete Dunn bitter end. But uh, I uh, it. yep, I was, I was totally going to say that. But, yeah, oh, dude, that's good. Uh, terrible, feeble minds think alike, Boris. But yeah, no. But this is this is uh, this is not the height of NXT. This is a uh, valley, not a peak. You know. Yep, agreed. Um, so, with that said, how many Todd Pettingills would you give the entire show? The entire show, uh, seven and a half. You know, like a solid three and three quarter. Not great, but very good takeover. You know. I think that's exactly it. I think it was a. I think it was a perfectly fine, a perfectly acceptable takeover. You had five good, fun matches that, you know, that that they were entertaining. However, you know, story-wise, very questionable. And there wasn't that five-star classic that we're so used to seeing on every takeover. So I can see where the criticisms, where the criticisms are coming. But I think that a lot of the criticisms is yeah. unwarranted. But that's just our I take. can also see... Yes, yes, 100%. If you're the type of fan who says, you know what, that five-way match, that's my match of the year. I would say, you know what, cool, I understand. And if you're also, if you're the type of the fan, if you're the type of fan who says, you know what, this NXT show sucked. I actually hated it. You know what, I kind of understand that too. I, yep. I did not think it sucked. I did not hate it. And I thought it was pretty dang solid. But yep. I wonder what's coming next from this black and yellow brand, Boris. That's exactly it. So we're going to find out more on Tuesday. And on Tuesday, we'll be back. You'll probably be able to listen to it on Wednesday morning. And that is on a regular show, NXT Talk. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Good night. Yeah, yeah, yeah.